Please be seated. Let me pray for us real quick. Lord, may your word be a light and a lamp so that we will know how to walk in this world. Be with those of us who feel like we can't take another step and be with those of us who feel like we don't need light because we got this walking thing all figured out. Guide us by your word, we pray. Amen. We live in a who universe. All kinds of other questions come to mind. What's happening around us? How much do we need? How much do we have? How many people love me, like me, approve of me? But the most important questions are always the who questions. Questions about people and relationships. We live in a who universe. Jesus knew this to be true when he boiled everything down to two things, right? Who will you love with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? And whose good will you seek as intently as you seek your very own? When Jesus said all of life boils down to loving God and loving our neighbor as ourself, He was distilling the wisdom of the Old Testament book of Proverbs, which tells us over and over and over again in so many different ways, we live in a who universe. Today we're going to fast forward to the very last part of Proverbs, the 31st chapter. It's telling us a story about a prince, a prince named Lemuel. This prince is going to grow up to be the king. And he's got to get ready for the greatest battle that he's ever going to have to lead his kingdom through. Whose voice will shape his heart as he gets ready for that battle? And who will stand with him when the battle begins? That's where we're going to pick up the story. James? The scripture reading today is from Proverbs 31. The words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. What are you doing, my son? What are you doing, son of my womb? What are you doing, son of my vows? Do not give your strength to woman, your ways to those who destroy kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to take strong drink lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to the one who is perishing and wine to those in bitter distress. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and defend the rights of the poor and needy. An excellent wife who can find She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. This is the word of the Lord. Wait just a minute. What does a story about a king and his choice of a wife, uh, verse 10, as we are reading just now, 
King Lemuel's mom starts to instruct him on what kind of wife he should seek to marry. What does a story about a king and his choice of wife have to do with me? Is Proverbs a story about a king or a story about everybody? Is Proverbs a story for those who are going to get married one day, or is it a story for every human being? Um, <clears throat> say it with me. Welcome to Proverbs, right? Okay, that was lame. We've got to try again. Say it with me. Welcome to Proverbs. If you weren't here last week, right, we said every time you walk into Moe's to, to buy a burrito, somebody shouts at you, welcome to Moe's. Well, Proverbs is not seeking to sell you a burrito, but is, is constantly trying to persuade you about the kind of world we live in where there is tension and nuance and complexity and mystery. And so we ask questions like, is, is this a story about a king or everybody? And the answer is yes. It's a story about the king and the kind of wisdom he ought to embody and embrace. But simultaneously, it's a story about every person. It's a story about choosing a literal wife by the time you read Proverbs 31. But Proverbs 1 through 9 have already set the table and said every person has to choose what woman's voice to listen to. And it introduces us to these two characters, symbolic women, a woman named Wisdom and a woman named Folly. Everybody's got to choose who to marry. Are you going to marry wisdom or are you going to marry foolishness? There's literal marriage questions here, but there's questions here for everybody. Proverbs works on all these levels simultaneously. One reason it can do that is because in the wisdom of Scripture, um, to be an ideal ruler, the king first has to be an ideal citizen. And so we're introduced to the idea that wisdom is for the king and for every citizen in the very first verse of the whole book of Proverbs. It says this, these are the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. The king lives in a war zone where he's got to choose between wisdom and folly. And every citizen in the kingdom lives in the same war zone. There's a battle going on for the heart of the king and for every citizen inside the kingdom. So Proverbs 1.1 gets us started with that idea. These are the Proverbs for the king of Israel, but they're Proverbs for everybody in Israel, all of God's people, everyone who seeks a path of wisdom in this world. And so it's not surprising that we wind up in chapter 31, kind of bookending the whole of Proverbs, the words of King Lemuel, words that his mother taught him. Are these words just good for kings? No, they're good for everybody because everybody lives in a place where there's a battle for the heart. How do we know that battle and warfare are the right imagery to use to describe this? Well, we listen to the words of King Lemuel's mom, who, when, he, when she gets ready to start talking to him about the kind of woman he should seek to marry, she uses military language. 
Look with me at verse 10 of Proverbs 31. This is what the ESV, English Standard Version, says. An excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. Um, That word excellent has been translated in many ways over the years. It's military language. Uh, One way to translate it is valiant. It's the kind of word you would use to describe the warrior who just came back from battle and fought bravely and courageously. The person who fought alongside you and you didn't have to think about your safety because you could so completely rely on them. Um, This word is translated excellent here in the ESV. Some translations say noble, great. Back in the 1300s, a guy named John Wycliffe translated the scriptures into English for the first time ever, and he used the word strong here. Who can find a strong wife? It's a war zone. This is military language. Verse 11 says that the heart of her husband trusts in her. He will have no lack of gain. The word for gain there is plunder. Again, this is battle imagery. There is a war going on, a battle for the king's heart. And so King Lemuel's mom knows that. There is a battle going on for your heart, my son. And so she says, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? She's trying to get his attention right? Listen up. What are you messing around with? (laughs) What are people going to be telling you? We live in a culture where every king is encouraged to have hundreds of wives and concubines. Do you know how distracting that is to a king who needs to focus on what is good for his people? Don't give your strength to women, my son. Don't give your ways to those who destroy Kings, you don't have to reach very far back in the history of Israel to find kings who squandered their authority to rule simply by giving in to their own lust and pleasure in the moment. King Lemuel's mom says, there's a battle going on for your heart. Don't do it. And then she starts to instruct him about Uh, Hey, look, you're going to have wine cellars full of wine. You're a king for crying out loud. You will have every opportunity to drink yourself into oblivion every night if you want to. And then who will speak for the poor and needy? And she starts to use a little sarcasm, right? Verse 6, go ahead, give strong drink to the person who's perishing. Give wine to people who are in bitter distress. Let them forget about their misery and poverty. But you, my son, are the king. You don't have that option. Even if miserable people want to forget about their misery, you don't have the option. To be a wise leader, you cannot forget about the needs of other people. And so she instructs him, you got to be ready to open your mouth for those who don't have a voice. You've got to be ready to open your mouth and judge righteously and defend the rights of the poor and needy. There is a battle on for the heart of the king. And what's at stake is the needs of everyone else around him. Will King Lemuel listen to his mother? Or will he ignore her voice? 
not just a battle for the king's heart. This is a battle for the human heart. Because when we meet King Lemuel's mother, and she warns him, there are going to be other women trying to use their voices to call you and lead you astray. That's just taking us back to the first nine chapters of Proverbs, which have told us that nobody can be neutral. Everybody has to choose. There are two women calling for our attention. The first one is Lady Wisdom, Proverbs chapter 9, verses 4 and 5. She cries out, Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, what does Lady Wisdom say? She says, come and eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Great. Father in Proverbs instructing his young son and saying, there's a woman who's going to call out to you. And she's going to say, come in here and receive gifts that I have prepared to offer to you. That's not the only voice you're going to hear. Proverbs chapter 9 goes on to introduce us to another woman named Folly. What does she say? Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. Wait, that sounds like exactly what Lady Wisdom said. They're basically the same person, right? And to him who lacks sense, she says, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Do you hear the difference? Folly says, oh man, if you got it yourself, your own way is so much sweeter than if someone else gave it to you. You'd rather drink wine you stole, or water you stole, than wine that was a gift from Lady Wisdom. Last week we said folly, being a fool, means being in love with your own opinion. Footnote, giving credit to my coach, Jim Moon. He's the one who taught me that. Foolishness is being in love with your own opinion. It is saying, I don't want to hear any voice that's not going to tell me what I want to hear. Whereas wisdom is something bigger than us. It comes from outside of us. Lady Wisdom is inviting us not to go steal it for ourselves, but to say, you need a gift to be given to you by someone other than you. In our worship, we've used the word sin several times today. To, to some of us, that may sound like old-fashioned language. Real people don't think about or talk about sin anymore especially if, if you define sin as kind of there's a list of arbitrary rules that uh, goody-two-shoes people keep and everybody else doesn't. And so that's an outdated concept. I don't want to have anything to do with it. We need to understand that when Scripture uses language about sin, it's talking about this, the tendency of foolishness to make the human heart turn inward and to say, I don't need anyone outside of myself. I don't need to worship anyone outside of myself. I don't want to be loyal to someone bigger than myself. I want my own way. And if I decide to be kind to other people, that's my decision. But there's nobody outside of me who's going to tell me I have to do that. That's sin. 
It's that inward turn. And folly is always inviting us to do that, to say, look, hey, King Lemuel, you want to get drunk tonight and forget about all the poor people in your kingdom? Go for it. Nobody can stop you. You're the most powerful guy in the kingdom. Hey, King Lemuel, you want to sleep with a different woman every night? Every king in the whole ancient Near East does that. Why shouldn't you be allowed to also? You want to forget your calling and squander wisdom on a moment of pleasure? You go right ahead. That's what foolishness tells us to do. We live in a war zone where there's this constant battle for the human heart. You've got to make a choice. You've got to pick a side. Lindsay Adario is a photojournalist. She spent a lot of time in the Middle East in some of the most intense conflicts of our generation. She gives this advice on uh, if you're coming to a checkpoint in a war zone, you have two strategies at your disposal. Uh, one is um, you can stop and identify yourself as a journalist and hope that people will respect you as a neutral observer in this conflict. And then she says, but sometimes you're, in, you're going through a checkpoint where the soldiers guarding it don't believe there are any neutral observers. And they're not going to respect you as a journalist. So then your best option is just, she says, blow past the checkpoint and hope they don't shoot you. She gets it. There are places and times where their their neutrality is not an option. We live in a who universe. We got to pick a side. We have to form a really close alliance with somebody. Everybody's going to listen to someone. Is it folly or is it wisdom? Are we going to listen to someone who seeks what is good for us? Proverbs 31 describes a literal wife in this way. It's not only giving advice to young women what kind of character they should aspire to. Remember, this is a mother training her son, the prince, and saying, what, you got to be a Proverbs 31 kind of man. You got to be the man who values this kind of woman. What kind of woman are you looking for? You're looking for a wife who does you good and not harm all the days of her life. Now, this is not 1950s Leave it to Beaver style doing good, right? This is not the, the woman who like meets you at the door with your pipe and slippers after a long day shuffling papers at the office. Remember, this is a military context. This is your closest ally who will not swing her sword at you in the heat of battle. This is somebody you can stand back to back with and know we're fighting for the same cause. It's the same language used to describe not literal woman, but symbolic woman, wisdom, in chapter 9. By me, your days will be multiplied. You will live longer because I am fighting as your ally and years will be added to your life. Your closest ally ought to be somebody who wants what's good for you. Not someone who says, do what pleases you, even if it hurts you. In Proverbs chapter 7, 
young men are warned against the, the voice of any woman who would speak like Lady Folly does. All at once he follows her as an ox goes to the slaughter. Our closest ally ought to be somebody who seeks what is good for us. Now, wait a minute. Are you talking literally looking for a husband or wife now? Or are you talking symbolically wisdom versus folly? What do you think? Welcome to Proverbs. Yes, there's that tension again, right? It's, it's both and. It's all at once. A um, couple of tests to know. Uh, who's the right ally in this world? Is it Lady Wisdom or Lady Folly? Is it a husband or wife who would make me more or less attentive to the needs of other people? Like Lemuel's mother is saying, hey, you don't have the option of forgetting people who are poor and needy. You want to embody wisdom? Then when everybody else around you is just trying to medicate themselves and have a great day, they can forget about reality. A wise person wants to remember who is hurting around them because they care about people who don't have a voice. closest ally needs to be someone like that who makes you pay more attention to the needs of other people. It makes you pay more attention to your need for God. Lady Wisdom is described as someone whose path begins with the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 31, this valiant wife this warrior woman. It is said of her that um, that she fears the Lord. Your closest ally in this world ought to be somebody who helps you to pay more attention to the needs of other people and helps you to pay more attention to your need for God. So what do we do with all this? We live in a war zone. There is no neutrality. Everybody's going to marry one of these two women, Lady Wisdom or Lady Folly. And you're like, wait, I'm, I'm a woman, and I'm going to marry a woman. Look, when we get to Revelation, all the men have to be the bride of Christ, right? <laughs> so Scripture is just like this, right? It, it makes you think a little bit outside the box here. So, yes, we've all got to marry one of these women. She's going to be a close ally. Choose carefully. We live in a who universe. Who we love shapes who we are. And um, that's why Jesus is the ideal king, right? He's the ideal citizen who recognizes the priorities of love over everything else. Choose your relationships carefully. If you want to be married, if you think God is calling you to marriage one day, choose carefully who you date. Choose carefully who you allow your heart to develop an attraction toward. 
Proverbs is going to warn you plenty of times, quite literally, don't let your heart develop an attraction for someone who's already married to not you. The Proverbs says that's a good way to get beat up by a jealous husband, young man, or worse. Choose a spouse carefully. Um, I don't think she's here this morning. Trisha Lee, are you here? Did you make it yet? She's on her way. All right, good. I get to talk about her for a minute because she's not here. <laughs> I can say a little more freely what I want to say to you because she would be terribly embarrassed, right? Um, Trisha is a gift of God's grace to me and to my children. And she has been a gift of God's grace to every ministry that we have been a part of for 30 years now, almost 32. Um, that was a gift of God's grace. Lady Wisdom invited me into her house and said, I have already prepared a banquet and I want to serve it to you. And it was better than I knew. Like, I wasn't smart enough when I was 21 years old to choose a wife this awesome. God is kind and gracious. You can start asking him now to provide for you if you believe that he's calling you to be married. A person like that who's better for you than you could possibly know, right? Choose carefully. Um, choose your influencers carefully. You, you, maybe you're not thinking about getting married, but all of us are listening to voices every day. The voices you're listening to, whether they're on podcasts or through posts on social media, whether they are through conversation or deep friendship, what are the voices you're listening to? Are they telling you to sacrifice yourself or indulge yourself? When's the last time one of those voices told you something you didn't want to hear? If nobody ever tells you something you don't want to hear, are you listening to the right voices? Trisha tells me stuff I don't want to hear all the time. <laughs> She's like, you know, that's good, but it's too much head and not enough heart. She writes real good sermons. Um, <laughs> If every voice you're listening to is telling you that everyone who's older than you is irrelevant, are those wise voices? Is that, is that really true? That people who are older than you don't matter? Man, I hope King Lemuel had the sense to listen to his mom. I think his mom was older than he was. I've done the math. Checks out. Is it, was she being irrelevant when she said, you, for you, forgetting the poor and needy is not an option? Man, I hope you listened. I hope all of us are listening to voices like that. Choose a spouse carefully. Choose influencers carefully. And you know I'm going to say this. Why? Choose Jesus as your closest ally. Because he will be rooted in wisdom on the days when you're not. 
on the days when you blow it and you chase after woman folly and you listen when she says, hey, just take a day off from thinking about God. Just take a day off from thinking about the needs of other people. Just put yourself first for a change. See how good it feels. Jesus won't do that on the days that you do. Choose him as your closest ally because when you are swinging your sword in the battle so wildly that you're going to injure yourself, he's going to be there to restrain you and say that is not the way of love. In fact, Jesus is willing to let you swing his sword so, your sword so wildly that it injures him. He is willing to be harmed in the pursuit of wisdom so that you can be healed after your pursuit of folly. There's not a closer ally to be had than that. He's the ideal king because he's, first of all, the ideal citizen. He knows how to walk the path of wisdom even when it costs him something. He knows how to say no to himself and keep his focus on the poor and needy like you and me. We live in a who universe. It's a bit of a war zone. But uh, in the end... Questions about relationships matter the most. Choose carefully the voices you listen to as you pursue those relationships. And I hope if you haven't found this kind of ally yet, that you will find an ally who will stand back to back with you and always seek what is best for you. Have you found that kind of ally yet? Let's take a minute and pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that we aren't alone in this universe, that we live in a who universe. There are relationships to be had. Uh, there are persons to be loved. We can give our whole heart and love to the God who made us, who is our Father, who is your Father. And there are neighbors to be loved. And there are neighbors to love us when we feel alone. Thank you for this. Give us wisdom today to... Um, to turn away from the voices that tell us that everybody else is irrelevant and the only thing that matters is what we want. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for making it possible to be forgiven for all of our foolishness and making it possible through your Holy Spirit for us to grow in real, deep wisdom. Amen.